Focus Football is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. It's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico. It is Wednesday, November 29th. Time for our Week 13 Rankings Talk. I'm Field H, and I'm joined once again by Mike Clay. Good What's morning, on, sir. How Ready are you? Go? I'm feeling good. I just got my wrap for the year from our from Spotify. Yeah. And uh, we're getting, starting to get messages from people who listen to the podcast. So thank you to everyone who's dedicated to the pod listens year-round. We appreciate seeing Fantasy Focus in yes. your top three, top five podcasts. Uh, and, of course, I like seeing me in the top 0.1 percentile. Well, I guess it would be the 99.9th percentile for the yes. killers. The killers. That's yeah. your go-to. So, that's my. That's always so, my go-to. So I need to ask. This, Never is, gets this, old. this is a safe space, they right? Safe space, right? Uh, I mean, killers, they have like, uh, that's Mr. Blindside, right? Yeah, of okay. course. Yeah. So I, I like that song, Mr. Brightside, Mr. Brightside whatever. Yeah. That tells you how much of a fan <laughs> yeah. I am. I do like that one song, though. I'm not much of a killers guy in general. But um, you know how like there are times like we like to bust, I like to bust your chops about like how you have such a singular track mind on football and like, you know, the Phillies could be in the World Series and you'd have no idea or close to the World Series. Mm -hmm. You'd have no idea. This is your chance if you want to dunk on me, because I might be the only person in America doesn't use Spotify. What? Like, I don't even think they produce a Spotify rap for me. Um, I listen to Apple Podcasts. Okay, I another mean, one, another place where you can find our great fantasy focus podcast. Okay, and, but I feel very odd on this day when everybody is posting <laughs> exclusively that like it's just fantasy focus, like not actually for other podcasts. It's just fantasy focus one through five. It's uh, it's brilliant because now you have FOMO, so you're like, I should sign up. Right, I should know I have it. I just don't use it. Yeah, I know, but you should use it. That's what, okay. That's what it is. They're delivering some FOMO to the rest of the world. They so are. They're doing a great genius. job. We this need to do that will with be the my year. Yeah, this will be my year. So, but you don't have an Apple subscription as well. Uh, I don't think I have a subscription, but okay. I, uh, I'm, I have all kinds of Apple fun stuff. Got my gotcha. Right I was going to say, you know, I got all the decked out in yeah. watches and phones course, and yeah. all that. All right, so um, I, I feel like a little weird though right yeah, now. Maybe I'm not we need lie. to do like a fantasy focus wrapped and give people FOMO. Yeah, like, here's what you missed on the pod this year. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, can you imagine the person responsible for coming through? Like, I don't know, probably. A Thousand plus hours, right? No, more than that. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that to anyone. Okay, I our producer Dave that. Presley is like. I just, mean, it, it, we are a comedy pod, so it we, might be fun. Yeah. Right? Do they have that on Spotify Raptor now? What's that? Do they have po- comedy podcast rankings? Yeah, or no? uh, um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have to look at that. I do listen to uh, stand up on there all the time. That's oh, really good. Okay, so. um, what the heck is your shirt right now? This is the Potsville Maroons. Uh, this was a about a hundred years ago an NFL franchise. From ah. Potsville. most people hear Potsville, they think of. Uh, Yingling beer, that's yes. the old, America's oldest brewery, is there. Uh, and I grew up in Pottsville. I would walk out my front door and I could look down over the town and I could see the Yingling Brewery and, How about that? and all, all in that the fun stuff. So, uh, but they had an NFL franchise. You see, they won the NFL championship in 1920. It's You could look it up on Wikipedia or somewhere and read about it, the stolen championship. The Cardinals franchise actually owns that championship now, but it's a long story that's for another podcast. Um, Pablo Torre actually did a, a pod on it. Uh, really? So you could look that up. What, what, do, you, okay. what do we call that one? The, what, Pablo finds out or the ESPN Daily? Uh, daily, yeah. Okay, when he yeah. Did, when he did the Daily pod. Um, you could listen in. It was really good. So you could hear the story of the stolen championship. But Pottsville, little town in uh, central Pennsylvania where I grew up, actually won an NFL championship a little over years ago. Do they have a stadium? Like, what, do they play at a high school or something? Well, the, where the stadium was now is just like my favorite pizza place, Plermo's in, in uh, Minersville, not far from where my parents live. Their stadium used to be there. And now it's like a little mini mall with like a pizza place and a oh. subway and a supermarket. Palermo's uh, is thriving though. 
they're thriving. They're there great. we go. They're great. Uh, but All by right. the way, they threw, you could connect some dots to where they bounced around. Like the, the team, sh- the franchise shut down and then came back together in like New York, but they're the, they're technically the commanders franchise now. Yeah. If you connect the dots. So, okay. Yeah. So, Wait, so the possible Maroons eventually became the commanders. In some ways, you could loosely say that. Okay. To, uh, to some extent, but not really. And you're, you're an Eagles fan. <clears throat> I'm an Eagles fan. Yes. Wow. I feel like you have to pick your side here, Mike. <laughs> almost had three teams. Almost had three NFL teams in PA. All right. <clears throat> that would have been, been crazy. Uh, so up on the show today, we're going to have some Week 13 ranking stuff. We also yeah. have some news. And we got this news sort of during the show yesterday. Yeah, so we shocker, did a little bit of a reaction. Of, yeah. But uh, yeah, a shocking piece of news that Jonathan Taylor is going to miss some time. He had thumb surgery yesterday. Uh, Jim Ursay confirmed that to The Athletic. Going to miss some period of time. Sounds like multiple games, at least here, Mike. So let's talk about Zach Moss, who mm-hmm. was one of the fantasy rock stars earlier in the season, to the point that when uh, Jonathan Taylor made his return to being a full-time player, my only thoughts were like, just shout out to you, Zach Moss. Like, I kept you on a couple of rosters, not just because you're super mm-hmm. valuable insurance, but as a sign of my respect for the job that you had done when Jonathan Taylor was gone, because he was a top five running back with Jonathan Taylor unavailable. So week 13, they play the Titans. How do you rank Zach Moss specific to this matchup? Higher than you. Yeah. Yeah. By I'm at spots. sixth yeah. in my rankings. You're at 12. I'll tell you why in a second, but you go first. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could have ranked him even higher based on what we yeah. saw earlier this season. Let's talk about those. I'm going to call it four games, weeks two through five. Moss was yep. out week one. Week five, Taylor played 10 snaps. He was very limited. So yep. we'll focus on those four games where he was their clear feature back. 24.3 touches per game, 129.3 yards per game, 21.4 fantasy points per game with four touchdowns in those uh, four games. The number four scoring fantasy running back those weeks. Also, I'll add this in matchup specific. They are playing the Titans this week. The best game of Zach Moss's career came earlier this season against the same Tennessee Titans. How about this? 23 carries, a buck 65 and two touchdowns. Also two for 30 through the air, 33 and a half fantasy points that week against this Titans defense. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he is at worst a mid range RB one, maybe a top five, maybe a top three back. Yeah. I'll tell you why. And this, this is probably like, I, I probably will need to uh, have, I probably have to, I will probably have to apologize by like Monday morning. If this goes as it has gone for much of this year with Zach Moss, but it was almost impossible for me to believe what he was doing earlier this year when a guy who was a throw-in in a Naheem Hines trade last year who broke his arm and missed all of training camp had turned into like Jonathan Taylor 2.0, and then he did. So I think part of me is hedging that like maybe what we saw earlier this year was sort of like the highest possible outcome for Zach Moss and... I don't even know what you would call it. Like, I guess gravity or like not, not even like regression, but just like I'm, I'm budgeting in the possibility that was he really that good? Like is Zach Moss really this good? Now, Jonathan Taylor is definitely that good. The offensive, like the running game has certainly been a strength for Indianapolis this year. Do you think Tennessee is as bad as they played in that matchup against the Colts earlier this year? They're they're mid pack overall against running back. So not necessarily, but sometimes schemes just match up well against other teams. We see that all the time. Yeah. Like seems like it, like down to like the mini school like Boston Scott always scoring against yes, the, the Giants, Giants. like some teams just is own thing or is it just a random I, I think thing. it's totally random I know I don't Eagles, have, yeah. at this point it's a bit like the Eagles do it on right. purpose I totally definitely do I, I don't, like, seriously I don't have a great compelling answer as to why I don't have him all the way up as RB5 or 6 other than just like I couldn't believe that he was doing it when he did it earlier on this year and I'm wary that I'm going to throw all my confidence behind Zach Moss and to be clear on every team that I have Zach Moss, there are three of them. He is locked into one of, of my running back spots. Mm-hmm. I will be playing him and feeling pretty good. I'm just budgeting 
a little bit of the possibility that maybe he hit sort of like the A plus outcome for a month straight during yeah. a season in which I would have never guessed that was possible. I will say this though. If you look at the tail end of last season, yeah. he was he just picked up where he left off early this year. He was crushing it down the stretch for Indy. He had a couple huge games. If you look at just his his game by game late late last season. So uh, we and, and not to mention his efficiency has been great. Almost five yards it's per carry ridiculous. this year, last year, the year before. Yeah. Um, I'll say that. And also the other part of this is he doesn't still have real competition. Trey Sermon is their next running back. I don't know if he's going to be more, maybe maxes out at eight to 10 touches. So Moss could be another, you know, what did I say? 24.3 touches per game. He's probably going to be around that this week. So, Trey Sermon was at in a couple of leagues that I play in last night. I mean, I, I have I no it. idea what role I'll have. Remember that like what, what I am, I think if you added Trey Sermon, what you're hoping for is that the Colts don't do to Trey Sermon what they've done to Zach Moss recently, or at least not not this past week, but the week mm-hmm. prior. I'm guessing that Jonathan Taylor's thumb like must have gotten banged up during the game last week, which is probably why Zach Moss started to see a bit more work because was it the game against New England and Germany where Zach Moss had one total touch? Yeah. One mm-hmm. total touch. Maybe that's what Trey Sermon turns into. If that's the case, then I will prove Although, to be too low on Zach Moss. For yeah, this week. I mean, I guess it's not a big variable here, but I will say this, that that uh, timeshare was actually even early on. Moss was out oh, snapping okay. Taylor early in that game, and then Taylor just took control. I don't know if it was a little bit like take it easy on him early and then go with the hot hand sort of thing or whatever. But nonetheless, I, I don't think it was related. I think the team maybe didn't know or thought yeah. it was a minor injury. So actually, uh, what was it? Stephen Holder said that he talked to Taylor after the game and there was no mention. Fine. Of it. Yeah, he's yeah. totally fine. So yeah. I, I don't know. That's a that's a weird one. Uh, we use this term probably too loosely, but uh, Zach Moss legitimately has league winning upside because he was available in 41 percent of leagues last night. Hopefully you grabbed him if you were in one of those 41 oh, percent. Yeah, of the, leagues. Uh, the bit the, the fab was spent. In it my was spent leagues yes, last it night. was. Yeah. Um, uh, we have by the way, we Zach Moss was a guy that we liked in the pre-draft process. Oh, I loved him. Yeah. If we have some time at the end of the show, you and I are going to dive into some 2024 draft process prospects yeah. my top five by position dropped earlier today on espn.com yeah i'm excited we're gonna get to that so let's talk some rankings and let's talk some sort of we can kind of use that as as a launching point to a week 13 preview as well mm-hmm. patrick mahomes no surprise he's inside our top 10 mike but i still think there is people wanting to know exactly what our outlook is for mahomes mm-hmm. he played way way better last week and i'm not trying to say that 20 plus fantasy points is a bad thing but it was just over 20 plus fantasy points, right? In a week in which we saw Josh Allen go for 43 and Dak Prescott go for 33 and uh, Jalen Hurts go for 30 plus, right? You're reminded of what like nuclear quarterback play looks like in fantasy football. We still didn't get that from Patrick Mahomes this past weekend, but we got a very serviceable effort. What is the outlook in your estimation against the Packers? And what might that mean for rookie receiver Rasheed Rice as well? Yeah. uh, First to your point. uh, Yeah. 20 points is fine. Like you get 20 out of your quarterback. You feel fine with that, but it was enough for QB eight for the week with everybody playing last week. So, I mean, think about it. If you're in a 12 team league, you need a top six score to really have an edge. He wasn't that even in a week where he hit 20. Um, And that's kind of been the theme this season. In his last eight games field, he has two games where he's reached 20 two fantasy points. Out of eight. He also has only two games with more than two touchdowns this year, which yeah. is unheard of uh, for, for Mahomes in this offense. Zero rushing touchdowns, obviously knocking his stock down uh, a little bit. But um, again, it was a trend in the right direction. It's yeah. still Patrick Mahomes. It's yep. still the pass heaviest offense in the entire NFL. Uh, and I would say a neutral matchup against Green Bay. Green Bay, uh, it is in Green Bay, so it could be cold. We'll, we'll see the what the forecast looks like, but it's cold in Kansas City all the time. Ten fewest fantasy points of quarterbacks, not too worried about that. So we're starting Mahomes. Feel a little bit better about last week. Yeah, I was going to say, some of this is not necessarily about like what the numbers bore out, but rather just like, hey, 
they played a whole lot better. You got to imagine the confidence in that Kansas City locker room right now is way higher than where it was mm-hmm. after that really dreadful effort against the Eagles on Monday Night Football in the biggest game of the year just a couple of weeks ago. By the way, how about the the turn for the the Raiders? Like they're up fourteen nothing. I know they have more points than than uh, Mahomes had yards yeah. or the and team. Then- the Chiefs had yards in like the first quarter, and then it turned so quick. The Chiefs came back to the point that they benched Marcus Peters, cut Marcus Peters after yeah. the game, like. What a change. Like, totally. It happened <laughs> like, fast. It was like, yeah. wow, this has happened for the Raiders. They're competitive. And then just that quick, boom, it's over. I don't always love to do this because there are many more than just one examples during the week. But Patrick Mahomes actually did have another touchdown pass in that game against the Raiders. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco had a screen in which he was clearly in the end zone. It was one of those plays where the oh, yeah, ref yeah, was yeah. running from behind. So catching up mm-hmm. was hard to get a good view of it. But on replay, it was pretty clearly a touchdown. The Chiefs did not challenge it. They just ended up scoring on a one, you know, a half yard run from a Pacheco on the very next play. But I do wonder how much differently we'd be talking about Patrick Mahomes if instead it's 24.8 fantasy points as opposed to yeah. 20.8 fantasy points. No, I think Fair, some people I don't think yeah. much different. Uh, but again, um, there's, there's examples of that all over the NFL course. map every single week. And that's why you don't want to get too carried away with the results, too. Yeah. You have to look at the touches, the, the air yards, and you sure. need to hear it. But no, the no, target you need to, share, yeah, like totally. that stuff yeah. matters, too. Because remember, we're not ranking guys based on necessarily what happened, but what we think is going to happen in the future based on a variety of variables. We've so. got Rasheed Rice, his wide receiver yeah. 31, 32, respectively here, Mike. So as of right now, we don't know the status on a couple of Chiefs pass catchers who were out this past week, specifically Kadarius Tony, And I know he's not a receiver, but Jarek McKinnon, who does factor into the passing game, his value is much more tied to Isaiah Pacheco's Correct. than it is the yeah. pass catchers. But uh, Rasheed Rice, is that 31 or 32 for you dependent at all upon the status of Kadarius Tony? Uh, no, I mean, maybe he's up to 28 if Tony's out, maybe okay. a slight boost in target share, but we've seen that this offense, no matter who's out there, they're going to spread it around quite a bit. And that's the concern here because Rice is coming off a good game, 67% snap share, really good, but it's also, I mean, we've seen this before. It's his second highest of the season, not mm-hmm. his highest. That was a few weeks ago, but he did have a career high in targets with 10, catches with eight yards with 107. Now it's five touchdowns this season, one in three of his last five. So we're getting some, uh, those six pointers out of him. But here's the problem field six or fewer targets in seven straight prior to this last week. So the question for us is, is this real now or have they decided, okay, we're struggling on offense. We're going to feature this guy now. That's why he had 10 targets with a slight uptick in snaps. Or are we going right back to Justin Watson this week and MVS catches a touchdown this week? And that one, I'm not so sure. Here's Rich, Richie James gets five targets. Like right, what, what, right, right. what's the, who is the real Rasheed Rice? Uh, and it like his big game was enough for me to bump him up, feel a little better about him, especially with six teams on a bye. And I would start him if I had him most likely, uh, but I'm not fully sure yet based on what we've seen from this offense, not just this year, but tracing back to the beginning of last year. I will say this, though, about Rasheed Rice. Of all the players that you could sort of make a case for of exploding down the stretch in the NFL that haven't already done so, he's very near the top of the list. No doubt. For the most obvious reasons, right? He plays with Patrick Mahomes. He's objectively talented and probably the number one wide receiver in this offense. If they allow him to thrive, I think he will thrive. But as you have noted, it's been a very balanced passing attack going all the way back to last year. And by the way, last year, Patrick Mahomes led the NFL in passing yards. Mm -hmm. Same game, other side of the matchup, Mike. Do you feel like you want to just recuse yourself from discussing Christian Watson <laughs> or can you week. do this? I know. Uh, oh, now you asked that after yeah, he had of course, a good right? game. Of yes, course I want to exactly talk about right. it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was feeling good about that on, on Thanksgiving. I did start him in one league. Yeah. I, it was him or Shahid. So I'm glad I went that direction. I mean, Shahid was 
Actually, we'll get to that at some point. He was going to have a big game. He yeah. was featured right out of the gate and he got hurt. So it was a tough break. Olave as well. Um, and and I, I benched him in another. So it was kind of, you know, back and forth. So you get the full um, experience there. I, I sure did. So he, look, he had a good game. Um, 23% target share. That was as high as since week five. That was fine. That's yeah. not really where I wanted him to be. I feel like he should be at about at least a quarter of the targets. Uh, five for 94 and a touchdown over 20 fantasy points. That was a touchdown in two straight, which is good. Um, but. How about this? Under 12 fantasy points in every other game this season before this one. But this one's really interesting to me. Zero career games with eight targets. Zero. He's never reached eight targets in a game. That's not enough. Okay. That's not enough. Like, he's just not getting enough volume. So it's not like MVS territory here, but it is boom bust territory because they like to take their shots downfield to him. And if he connects on one, like he did a couple times in this game, he's going to have a good fantasy day. If he does not, like he has for most of the season so far, it's not going to be a good fantasy day. So I think... This this is baking in um, a couple things. I'll get to, I'll let you talk before I get into the matchup. But um, I still have Dontavian Wicks coming back. He was starting to see some pretty steady involvement. Was, yeah. uh, obviously, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs as well. Um, no Luke Musgrave, which helps a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm not fully in yet. I think he's a flex option. And again, I'll let, I'll let you take it from there, and then I'll get back to the matchup. But he, I'm not all I'm not all the way back in on him. Just so I, I am, I am trending up only because like I probably pay too much attention to the momentum and you're the much more pragmatic one on the show. I was going to ask you on the matchup though, because yeah. Legarius Sneed, obviously we've talked about this all the time. You've highlighted it has mm-hmm. been shadowing players like crazy. And last week, a decent day for Devonte Adams, but five for 74 is not dominant by any nope. stretch. Do you anticipate a Christian Watson shadow? I think so. I still think teams probably look at the Packers and say he's their clear number one perimeter receiver. Yeah. And uh, I maybe la- maybe before last week, if they like if they were playing the Chiefs on on Thanksgiving, I might not have been as strong in my take that he would shadow him. Um, but I think the Packers came out and said he's our number one, right? And they featured him out of the gate. So I think the Packer or the Chiefs will uh, put Snead on him. And the m- main reason for that is. I mean, Snead is shattered in 10 consecutive games. Pretty ridiculous, Which right? is kind of funny because I'm, I've been, you know, it's been a long time. It's seven, eight years I've been tracking shadowing for every team. Every week I go team by team, look at how they're using their corners. Um, and the pa- and the Chiefs were the last team to shadow. That's right. The last one, that's right. Yeah, they yeah. were the last one. They was 31 of 30 teams that shattered at least once and it came years into it. They were the only team that didn't. And now they're the premier shadowing team this year. Snead is shadowed in 10 straight games. No one else has done that. So, uh, yes, I think he will be on him. Um, Watson's on the perimeter 69% of the time. So those two will be matched up on those plays. That means I'm downgrading him a little bit for that. Um, really good against AJ Brown. Really good. Pretty good against Devontae Adams last week. That's been the case all season. On the other hand, same analysis as last week with Sneed on Watson. The other corner uh, receiver, specifically Romeo Dobbs, gets a bump against Jalen Watson on yeah. the other side. So he's a guy uh, that you can consider for your flex spot this week. Jaden Reed draws Trent McDuffie in the slot. It's a he's tougher matchup. Good, yeah. He's going to get some carries, though, too. So right. yep. Reed's a viable fantasy start as well. But don't forget, Chiefs really good against receivers overall this year. A couple well. thoughts here, including one stray on Devontae that I just have to make sure I mention. Um, who do you think has shadowed the most in your years of tracking, is there one player that you're like for the seven or eight seasons? He's probably, is it Marshawn Lattimore? There's, I, it, I think there's two, uh, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. I would bet they're teammates. one. Two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now they're teammates, but Bradbury shadowed like every week on, he did for a while in Carolina, did like every week with the giants. Yeah. Slay, same kind of thing. He shadowed in Detroit and certainly in Philadelphia. Now it's kind of hit or miss that he did last week. Slay shadowed this past week against Diggs. So, um, I would say if I were to go through the entire years, they're probably one, two. Uh, is there a team that you think has relied upon shadowing the most? No, that's an easy one. It's the Patriots. By far. No, yeah. no question. Uh, okay. They are the team that 
we always were like, why aren't teams copying them, what they do? Like, and they were just, no one ever copied them. They right. just specifically match guys up, whether it's J.C. Jackson, Malcolm uh, Malcolm Butler. Stephon um, Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Christian Gonzalez for a minute this year. Yeah, Christian hurt. Gonzalez was yeah. probably going to every week this season. So you can go, uh, yeah, you can go back even further. I mean, okay. they've done it. Uh, Logan Ryan, like, Go on and on and on. Yeah, they're, the, they're probably right the there. premier team. All right, so my last thought here was uh, tied to Devontae Adams. I don't know if you, you've got so much going through your brain right now. I don't know how much you pay attention to like first half versus second half targets. Devontae Adams has come out like gangbusters the past mm-hmm. three games in the first half. I wonder if this is a case, and it's this is not this is not a commentary on Devontae. The guy's one of the best receivers in the NFL, one of the best players in the NFL. He absolutely rules. I wonder if, you know, there are coaches and there are teams that really thrive in the scripted portion of their offensive stuff, right? Like at the beginning of the games, they come out hot and yeah. it's really hard to match up with them. I wonder if the Raiders need to work like work on like the counter punch once they get through the scripted stuff. Because Devontae, I think, was five for 74 in the first half last week and then zero in the second half. Well, you know what? Sometimes on like Sunday mornings, a little behind the curtains here on FF now, if we're yeah. on like E-News and then ESPN2, right. like, it's a different audience for the most part. So we'll go through the rankings and then we'll go through the rankings again. Same yes. kind of thing. Maybe that's what they need to do. Like go through that script first right. 10, 12 plays, then Same do that script. again in that's the second half. That's a good half. idea. I mean, do you think there's anything to do that? I was just like, I, I've noticed in the past few weeks where I'm just like, wow. Like there was yeah. the game, um, I think it was either a Monday or a Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Oh, against that's the Jets. a few times. Yeah. yeah. Devontae yeah. against the Jets. Like he was crushing it in the first half. Had like 15 fantasy points in the first half and they had one catch in the second half. That's uh, like Terry McLaurin. I feel like same thing. It's like, you know, the greasy wheel thing. All right, yeah. we're going to get him a bunch of targets out of the gate. All right. He got his targets where we'll right. just do our run our offense now. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I hear you though. That's I've definitely noticed that. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of different ways to look at Kyler Murray as we move forward here. On the one hand, Kyler Murray has been pretty darn good if you look just at the results for his first three get three games back from injury i wonder if there's a little bit of unsustainability to it for one very specific mm-hmm. reason here mike kyler has a rushing touchdown in every game that he has sure played does. in including a robust two rushing yards this past weekend good enough though for a rushing touchdown mm-hmm. he has yet to throw for 275 yards in a game since he has returned we have him as a top 10 quarterback this week but does he make you nervous at all uh Going forward, no, this week, yes, yeah. because of the matchup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I mean, he, does, he doesn't have 275, but he does have at least 200 rushing yards in passing or 200 yards. passing yards yep. in every game, has a couple passing touchdowns, and of course has three rushing touchdowns. He's not going to keep scoring rushing touchdowns, but they might be converted to passes, and also he's going to add rushing yards. We know he has that in his arsenal. So, Except for last think, week when he had two. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm saying in general. I think in general he's fine. He's been a top 12 scorer every week. So yep. I think he's kind of back as a uh, QB1. He's 17 plus fantasy points in every game so far. Um, but the matchup is tough. Not only have the Steelers allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season, 21.8 is the most points scored by a quarterback against the Steelers this season, and no one else has even reached 18. Wild. So what's the ceiling on Kyle, Kyler's like 18, 20, 19, yeah. 20 points? Like if you get that against this defense, you're happy right. with that. So that's why I have him ranked down at 10 uh, this week. More of a fringe starter. But again, with six teams on a bye, you're probably still using him. Uh, last one here from the Cardinals offense is his teammate, James Conner, Mike. And remember, the, mm-hmm. you know, the analysis all offseason was the boring RB2, who's going to get a ton of touches, probably catch the ball a bunch, maybe find the end zone on occasion. It's going to be a low efficiency, but it's going to work out. And for the first month, it was that. Yep. He was awesome. He was mm-hmm. super boring and yet still super useful for fantasy football. He goes on IR and comes back, and he has been the opposite of that, Mike. He hasn't reached 10 fantasy points in any of his past five right. games, now not only his efficiency remains very low, touchdowns non-existent, and Michael Carter 
getting target work now for the Arizona Cardinals, former Jet, who had four catches this past, I think for seven yards, but still, Mm -hmm. those targets that are not going to James Conner seemingly are going to Michael Carter instead. Yeah, so I know some people are listening now and they're thinking, well, it was a blowout game, right? He probably rested late, and there's some truth to that, but the problem is, we were seeing a change early in this game. Yeah. That's, my, that's my concern. So he handled the first five carries for Arizona, then only one of the final eight, and that was actually in the third quarter. So wow. it's not like he got one in the second and then right. disappeared from the game. Um, he played into the fourth quarter as well. Yep. He was on the field in the fourth. Uh, and Michael Carter and Amari DiMarcado were, were, were playing in the uh, certainly a lot in the second quarter. I'm sure they got a few, t- a few uh, snaps in the first as well. So... Again, yeah, they were involved right out of the gate. Yeah, um, There is a little bit of a garbage time element to this. He only had, I believe, it was 10 touches. He did have 16-plus touches in the first two games off the injury. So better days ahead, yes. But is he an RB2 right now? I don't know. I think he's I've got him as RB29 this week. Yeah, yeah that's think, a low-end flex, I think he's way. a flex against... Uh, it is a it is a revenge game, though. It's Steelers. Big-time revenge yeah. game opportunity in Pittsburgh, by the way. Yeah, I think we say revenge game, but I think a lot of love there. Went to college at Pitt, played oh, for the totally. Steelers. So the it's not like give it's a standing a, ovation the minute he touches the ball for the first time in this game. You know, some of them are like, oh, I hate this team. Can't oh, wait yeah. To- <laughs> Who has had the bitter, the most bitter, bitterest? What would be the right word? Oh, man. Bitter. Yeah. Most bitterest bitter, word? Most whatever. bitter. Whoever, anyway. uh, who has the most bitterest, just to make it two for one, revenge game recently? I don't know. Do you have one in mind? I don't have one in mind. No, I'm trying to I think of a buddy, but, uh, someone that returned. It was I don't like, know. This is a different kind of revenge game, though, okay. but I think the Eagles Niners is like the most anticipated game, at least in my mind, in a uh, while because of all yeah. the comments from the well, Niners and the complaining last year after, you know, our quarterback got hurt. It's the only reason there was a lot. There was a lot. Debo uh, called James Bradbury trash. Like, yeah. I know it's different. Um, not a lot of players that played for both teams, but I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, I'm ready for this one. The funny part is that, like, and this is what it's like to be an Eagles fan right now is you say it's the most anticipated game in a while. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, in like nine days since <laughs> they know. played the Chiefs on Monday Night Football, or whenever right? they play like, Dallas. Or, yeah, yeah until know. next week when they play Dallas or whatever but it is. So uh, this one was circled for a lot of players. Oh, totally. Lot of people. Um, uh, I, think both I don't teams get the sense gonna, there's a lot of love lost there between these two no, teams. No, I yeah. think both are coming in treating this like a Super Bowl game. No I mean, this is going to be it. a... This is going to be a game. Yeah. I can't wait for I mean, you Don't know, miss it. The Fortniters are going to be up by like 14 in the third quarter, and then it's going to be like a tie <laughs> ball game with three minutes to go. And I'll be like, I mean, what? This game's in Philly. Yeah. The Eagles beat the Niners last year. You know, the, the Eagles just keep winning games. The Niners a lot had a three game losing streak at one point, and the Niners are favored I know. in this one, which we is. We talked about it yesterday. People, yeah. They're three point favorites. Three. Yeah. And you know what? I hate to admit this, but my model, which I mean, I'm not, you know, spread's not my thing. Like I'm more of a fantasy guy, prop guy. It has a Niners favored by a couple points, too. Yeah, so I, I wow, don't Wow, that must have pained you to admit right there. I, yeah, huh? I don't. Do you think I want to look up at NFL Pick Watch or ESPN NFL Picks and see a Niners logo or for, under my pick? I don't feel good about that at all. So do you submit your picks exclusively based on what your model tells you? Uh, within with a margin of error. Okay. Right. So, so like if, if it's really close, I mean, it's hard, if it's like a two and a half point, it's tough to go against it. Yeah. Um. Because then what am I doing? Like, I should be adjusting my model. But if it's like a close, close one, yeah. Well, more, but here's the it. thing, though. It actually kind of works out. when, Like, if the, if the model picks, like, you, you win both ways, right? If the 49ers win, you got the right pick. Yeah. If the 49ers lose, your Eagles win. You don't care. You're 11-1. That's and right. you've probably all but cemented the number one seed, which you may have anyways. But, like, it pretty much, like, it might be blouses if you finish it. I guess you got to take care of the Cowboys one more time as well. Yeah. But Dallas has a, an imposing upcoming schedule that includes uh, Kansas City and mm-hmm. Buffalo as well. Yeah. I'd say the Eagles have to win one of the next two. You don't yeah. want to lose to Dallas and the Niners. Don't want to do that. Idea. No doubt about that. All right. I lied. I said uh, last Cardinal. We're going to come back and discuss 
One more who I don't really have a great feel for right now. We'll discuss that after mm-hmm. words from our friends over at Geico and Vivid Seats. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Make it easy. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with the award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to geico.com. Level up your game day with Vivid Seats and get great tickets to the biggest games of the year. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code FFF. That's code FFF. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats experience it live we are back much as our director brian would not like me to acknowledge mike for the rest of the show brian like mike a big eagles fan i'm gonna have to mike and i was thinking about hollywood brown we were just talking about both kyler murray Mm -hmm. and also james connor this past week he has six catches on 12 targets the prior two games before that he had three catches. Yeah. What do you make of Kyler of, of Marquise Brown right now? He's a tough one because I think he just feels like he's been doing fine. I think it's probably because we were nervous about the quarterback situation. We're yeah. like, you know what? Brown's been fine. Yeah. He's been startable, you know, so. Um, but he's actually has not been that great. Yes, yeah, six for 88 in this most recent game on 12 targets. Before that, nine targets, three catches, 46 yards in the two games since yeah, Kyler nothing. came back. So with you there, zero top 12 fantasy weeks yep. this season. Yeah, so crazy. lacking a ceiling. His best his best week was 17.4, which again, like that's that's a good week, but that, if that's your best, probably not a high ceiling. Single-digit fantasy points in five of his last seven. But here's the thing. Fieldy is, he's averaging 8.3 targets yeah. per game, and no. you just don't bench 8.3 Targets per game. Um, How many players have had more stagnant value than Hollywood Brown this season? How many players? Yeah, not many, right? No. My point is that like like there are guys that start at the top and stay at the top, right? Like Christian McCaffrey Mm -hmm. is always going to be a top one running back in our rankings every single week. And Kelsey in the same category amongst tight ends. I'm sort of excluding those guys. I'm talking about players that like aren't on one end of the extreme or the other. that are just kind of like somewhere in between that sort of stay exactly where they Mm -hmm. are. Yeah, right? you, like Hollywood yeah. Brown's not going to be higher than like 26 where he is this week with 16 on a buy, but probably not lower than like 38 either. Right. It's kind of right there. A little like, uh, you know, possible wide receiver three, depending on league size upside, fairly tapped downside on occasion will be a clunker, but the volume targets, uh, the target volume is good enough that you're like, yeah, I mean. He could, he could find his way to five catches and 64 yards this week, and it wouldn't surprise me a bit. Yeah, no doubt. And by the way, fascinating matchup this week between he, like how's the connection with yeah. Kyler going to improve, and they're going to be against the Steelers. Can they get him going after a better week last week? But also, drawing the shadow from Joey Porter Jr., Young most Joey. likely one of the yeah. few guys I projected to shadow this week. He just shadowed over the last four weeks DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, and did a really good job. But the thing is, the quarterbacks in those games were Will Levis, DTR, and Jake Browning. So was, you know, how much of it is Joey Porter? How much, you know, slowing uh, elite receivers? How much is it uh, the quarterback play? Obviously, Kyler's the best quarterback of those four. We'll see what that looks like. Because they're playing the Steelers, there's like a 12% chance that Shefty's going to break some news later this week that the Cardinals have decided to play Clayton Toon instead. I mean, they're like, there has to be, right? They're playing the Steelers. The Steelers only play weird quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, gotcha. It yeah, has to be, funny. right? Yeah. Like, it just feels like it's just how things end up shaping up mm-hmm. so often with Pittsburgh, who after they play Arizona this You're week, right? yeah. 
Might play Bailey Zappi the following week on Thursday Night Football. Do you know the Patriots have three straight primetime games coming up? No, they don't. Thursday, uh, Monday, and Sunday back to back to back. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, you and I, what, what are we doing? We're driving in yeah. to work. We think Random about football. stuff. Who's yeah. the worst team in the NFL right now? I was thinking about like, I was like, what would the most extreme matchup be right now? Like the okay. best team in the league, say say Philly or Niners, whatever you like, against the worst team. Who are we talking the spread worst? or no? Well, what I would the spread, widest like, spread be? Yeah, uh, like who would be the who's the worst team right now? It'd be Carolina. You think Carolina would Belichick beat, just think, gives like too much? Of, would yeah. beat, the Belichick factor would be enough to beat Carolina. You're, that's probably be fair. favored. Yeah, that's, my that's probably fair. I was like like Cleveland and Jets. The defenses are too good. I was trying to figure yeah. out who it is, but yeah, huh? yeah. It's 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 probably like right, in yeah. spread. It's probably Carolina or New England, right? I mean, yeah, like right, yeah. they're the only two teams. Which is unbelievable. I'm sorry, Arizona's got two wins as well, but those aren't like those three teams might well be locked into top three picks right now. Yeah. Cause they now have the two game buffer between Chicago and a handful of others. Chicago got their fourth win on Monday night. Like that's probably our top three picks. Yeah. So of what, course, Carolina, Carol- New England and Arizona and Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Carolina unless- has a, the Carolina plays in such a bad division that they do actually have some games that would appear winnable on paper. Mm-hmm. Like I think they play each of their division foes once more, but they're so bad that I don't have a lot of confidence there. No. Especially yeah. with all these coaching changes too. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It's gonna be interesting. But again, uh, look what Houston did. Next year, we could be talking about New England in the playoff race if they hit on Caleb Williams or something. You know, so thoughts on quarterbacks change fast. In the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess sort of more Cardinals talk. This has been a very Cardinals heavy focus show, which I can't imagine we've done that too many times. But I was thinking about the Najee Harris, Jalen Warren uh-huh. backfield, Mike, as one does, because you just talked about how it's a good matchup for, or you have talked about it's a good matchup for the Steelers wide receivers this week because of the inexperienced Cardinal mm-hmm. secondary. The only player who might have a better matchup than Deontay Johnson might be whoever gets the ball in the backfield for Pittsburgh because the Cardinals cannot stop anybody on the ground. That's been a consistent theme all season. At one point, they were one of three teams to allow more than 20 fantasy points per game in the entire NFL. And Kyron Williams turned into Barry Sanders last week. There it is. I was just going to say how they do last week. Yeah. yeah. Not great. Second most fantasy points and uh, uh, second most yards touchdowns with 18 of fantasy points to running backs. This oh, season. God, so brutal. it's been rough. And the only team that's worse is Denver. And they've actually been a little bit better. Lately. They're still not good, but they've been a little better. I mean, they've been better. But think about how much of one outlier game, that 70-point outburst in which Devon Achian had. But still, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're no, still I giving up like 130 yards oh, to yeah, yeah, yeah. a game or something. I'm just saying so. that, that number could be like that could be actually better than Arizona, if not for the Miami Fair. game. But yeah. the Miami game counts, people. I get it. I know people get mad when we say if you take out one game, it does count. I promise that. No, I, I hear you. Um, I, I agree. I think um, the question really is if you have the preference, who you going with, Warren or Harris? I think the answer is... Warren at this point. I think the answer is both this week, right? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I have them 19 and 23. So ideally you're starting both guys, but I think the preference is Warren, who's uh, playing pretty well. Um, We just want to see more carries. He's 38th in carries. He's seventh in catches among running backs. But do you know, how about this? 5.8 yards per carry among 55 qualified running backs. That ranks first. Wow. Best yards per carry in the NFL. So Warren has been awesome. We're firing him up. Um, Just want to see it. Just a pinch more volume. The problem is, I don't think it's coming. It's not happening. Harris is playing fine. He's playing. Not only is he playing fine, he's a first round pick. He's a guy that they've talked about being like a leader for the franchise, a beacon to the future, all the things that Zeke Elliott stuff. Yeah. yeah, Within (laughs) the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is 
absolutely incredible, as we know. Of course. And when you're seven and four, right, you don't rock the boat when you're seven and four with one of your most heavily invested and high profile players. You and just don't do it. I'm with you. I mean, look, if I was running a team, which I'm not, but if I was, I would um, operate my backfield this way. I Like I wouldn't spend a first round pick on a running back, especially on my offensive line is horrific, but as they did a few years ago, but I would want to use multiple backs. I wouldn't want a 90 percent, you know, snap sort of back. I would, I would build it around two guys. So I think from a fantasy perspective, we want more Warren, but it's, for this, from the Steelers' perspective, they're handling it the right way. I it's think. not going to happen. But I, I wanted to specifically flag them for ranking shatter because if at the end of this weekend we're like Najee and Jalen Warren had over 20, 20 fantasy points each, I'd say, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, against Arizona, it's, 100%. It's the juiciest matchup there is right now other than Denver, even though I personally would rather have my backs face the Cardinals than the Broncos right now. And, and by the way, it is a ma- Maybe we'll get to this later in the week, but great matchup for the whole offense. Uh, Arizona, we, a mess at corner. They were missing Antonio Hamilton last week, yep. and they still bench their top corner marco wilson they're just how many how long has it been since they solved corner i mean it's you know patrick peterson when when he was at his prime but brian Brian murphy you left for uh minnesota this year like he was their best corner. i'm just they can't solve that position all right last one here on the rankings talk and then we're going to dive into some future fantasy stars guys that are eligible for the 2024 nfl draft so right now and it's Wednesday, we haven't even seen whether the I don't act the Saints practice in the morning. I don't know when the Saints practice. I assume they practice in the afternoon. I don't expect Chris Olave to be out there on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't know on it does I will do not expect Rashid Shaheed yeah, to be he's on looking the like field. A long shot, yeah. Michael Thomas is on IR. That's one, two, and three. Yep. Lynn Bowden Jr. Let's A. Go. T. Perry. <laughs> or could this be a Juwan Johnson week, Mike? I think so. I think we saw a little uptick last week. Seven he had targets. Uh, seven targets. It was a season high, also season high in yards, which, you know, a modest 45 yards, which actually is like a decent number for tight ends. Yeah. Like if you look through the yardage each week put up by tight ends, you're going to be like, yeah, a lot of like guys in the top 10 are like in the 30s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's just not a big yardage position. Um, yeah, only one touchdown this season for Johnson. But again, if all three are out, uh, I think we're going to see the tight ends more involved as Johnson was last week. And it flew under the radar, but Taysom Hill had uh, 81 yards in that yeah. game as well. So I think you'll see both, both of them involved. Maybe even Jimmy Graham's activated. Uh, Foster we were talking Moreau's about there. that yesterday. Did you yeah. hear that uh, Dennis Allen was referencing the idea of Jimmy Graham impacting the wide receiver room? Oh, really? No, I did not see that, but uh, it makes sense that all four would be activated because, again, you're you're in a tough spot. I mean, it's going to be when they have three receivers on the field, it's going to be what what, uh, Keith Kirkwood. It's going to be Perry and it's going to be Bowden. There's very much long shot potential for Sunday's fantasy football now somewhere in that Saints offense. That's true. You got to dig one of these guys to find one. But yes, I am in the top 12 tight end this this week. By the way, Shahid looking doubtful. Alave is a shot, but we'll see. That was ahead, right? We have no idea. It's concussion. So so we have no idea whether he'll be available or not. Obviously, given how high profile of a player he is, you all will know by the time there is any sort of clarity on his status right i have shaheed not projected in the game we yep. don't have him ranked olave is still having the projections yep. well that may change based on reports yeah. totally yeah we'll keep our eyes out there on chris olave status he was unbelievable last week prior to that head injury seven yeah. catches for 114 yards and they put the lions the lions not only can score but the lions defense has been porous mm-hmm. of late huh? the wrong I mean, way. they have been going the wrong way they look like the defense that we saw unfortunately down the stretch Last year, the Lions are still a very, very good bet to make the playoffs, win their division. But uh, for them to take that leap into that next sort of stratosphere of teams in the NFC, they got to button the screw. They got to button things up uh, and tighten the screws in that secondary. It has been not as good of late. All right. 
Let's do it, Mike. You ready? Right. How much time do we have? Oh, plenty of we time. We have plenty, we have of, plenty time of time here. to do this. We can right. figure out how we want to do this. Do you want okay. to yeah. you want to take the, uh, the driver's host? seat? You know, I'll, you being the uh, NASCAR aficionado, I will be the, uh, I don't know what I'll be, but you will be Jeff Gordon right now in his prime. Jeff Gordon in his prime. That's high praise. It is. And could, like, I, I don't actually know this. Like, Jeff Gordon is probably what now? Mid-50s? If I had to yeah, guess? Yeah, I think I would guess so. Yeah. If, like, if they needed him to race a car in a NASCAR race soon, could he do it? I'm sure he could. Yeah, I'm okay. sure he's behind the wheel here or there. But he's, he's now he's now old. like in the front office for Hendrick Motorsports. Right. Like yeah. That team now. He's, big deal. he's a big time, big time spot there. The Rainbow Warrior. Um, that's him, right? He's, no. Yeah, it was. That, that was their team. Yeah, the Rainbow okay. Warriors. Gotcha. The pit crew. They like changed the game with uh, fast pit stops back in the day. Ah, so, yeah. Um, you have totally blown my mind. Like I have no, no NASCAR information whatsoever. I have, a, I have a lot. But, you know, I, I uh, yesterday I helped you with like some advanced Excel stuff. I know. I uh, called Mike yesterday NASCAR. And now we're, we're going to work on the killers. We need to get I you know, a killers I know, concert. Gosh. I have a lot of the things a lot you to do for you. me as a friend. But you have a lot to teach me right now. Because we're going to talk a little bit Let's about try. this because uh, you had a great article come out. Love this. It was your first run of top five by position for yeah. next year. Uh, and like, I don't know, like, I know a lot of people right now are watching, thinking still about this week and the rest of the season, but I'm curious, like, what's it going to look like next year? So yeah. I figured we take, you know, five, 10 minutes and, and talk about the four fantasy positions and what the landscape's going to look like for the rookie class next year. So we'll run through the uh, positions really quick here. Quarterback. Okay. Uh, you know, CJ Stroud this year made an impact in fantasy right away. That's pretty rare. So yeah. the question here is. Are we going to see it again next year? Who are the top quarterbacks from this class? Who's going in the first round? Who can make an impact? And you know, he's one of these guys that's going to be the first overall pick in super flex drafts. Not only next year. do we have two quarterbacks that are going to go in the top three picks this year, most likely, but we have two quarterbacks that I think will go extremely high in super flex leagues, rookie startup leagues, you okay. name it. Um, and I'll talk about the wide receivers in a second. Mm-hmm. But this year's class, none of us were saying like, wow, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young speaks and like just like drips like immediate fantasy superstardom mm-hmm. right the two guys in this year's class might seriously get there let's start with caleb williams from usc everybody probably already knows him starts at oklahoma goes to usc last year wins the heisman trophy uh and a portion of this season felt like he could be right back in the heisman mix their season fell off largely because their defense is absolutely atrocious but no player is a better highlight reel within a single game than Caleb Williams, one of the most dynamic players in all of college football, outstanding athlete, can really run. They do do a decent amount of design runs for Caleb Williams, but like the that? number of second reaction throws is off the charts here for Caleb Williams. Uh, I think player comparisons can be valuable. I also think they can be a little bit dangerous. Because I love of them, though. Yeah, but there are. So I've decided to kind of use like, you know, traces of or like signs of. And the player you're going to hear a lot with Caleb Williams is Patrick Mahomes in terms of the magic that he can bring. It's the stuff that he can do um, that other players not only can't do, but wouldn't even have the vision to see, to try to mm-hmm. do is just remarkable. The number of times where he's running to his left and throwing the ball 25 yards down the field, opening up his shoulder. Like it's just remarkable within the course of a game. I think in terms of film exposure, clearly the best player that I've scouted so far this fall, as we know with quarterbacks and I hate that we have to bring this up, but you remember some of the stuff that was being questioned about CJ Stroud after he took that S two test, which apparently mm-hmm. did not process. Well, seems to process pretty well, at least in my eyes so far, but you know, with quarterbacks, there's much more to it than just what we saw on the field. But if the draft were held today and there was no more scouting to do, I think Caleb Williams goes number one overall and has serious fantasy upside right away he's not lamar jackson but there are some 
Um, not quite as like twitchy as Kyler Murray, but there is some Kyler Murray type potential from a fantasy perspective Ooh. of not being a like top. I guess Kyler was at one of his points, sort of where Kyler is right now as a runner, right? Like you could see 30 rushing yards per game from Caleb Williams from jump street. Wow. That's huge. I mean, you know, CJ Stroud is kind of the exception because pocket quarterbacks are not fantasy relevant as rookies it's always guys that do a lot with their legs even justin herbert had like four or five rushing touchdowns and some yardage so uh that's big you know if he's gonna add value with his legs so good that you mentioned justin herbert by the way because drake may from north carolina there you go the comparison that people are going to throw out a ton is justin herbert Mm -hmm. he's huge he's six foot four looks like he was born to play quarterback comes from a family of athletes if you follow college basketball you remember his older brother luke may power forward for a unc national championship winning basketball team drake may uh actually led unc both obviously in passing last year but also rushing he can really run the ball keep in mind that in college quarterbacks sack yards go against their rushing totals mm-hmm. so he led them in rushing last year even when accounting for the lost yardage that's from incredible sacks. yeah so he can really wow. scoot um it's not as much of design runs as you see from other quarterbacks around the country but the guy is certainly very mobile like herbert definitely is even if they do not design many runs for him out in los angeles he's got an absolute cannon i think between the hashes just an unbelievable lights out thrower be honest with you, Mike, it's been a little bit up and down in times mm-hmm. this season. Uh, Carolina started really hot and has tapered off dramatically in part because of Drake May. But uh, he has had a big boost to his season since uh, Tez Walker became eligible to play. We'll talk about Tez, I'm sure, a lot during the pre-draft process. But Drake May has got an absolute cannon. Uh, the guy has a very, very good rushing upside. A great kid. Unbelievable. Like, you know, has meant a lot to that North Carolina program. And when there was opportunities this past off season for him to go somewhere else with his name, image and likeness business, changing things so dramatically in college football, he stayed at Carolina. He and Caleb Williams, two really, really good players, really good kids are going to go extremely, extremely high. Yeah. It's interesting. Now Uh, it's almost like you assume these top quarterbacks add value with their legs. Like fantasy is becoming a position where it's like, oh, he, he runs a lot. Like, yeah, so does everyone else. Like, sure. it's more like if you don't run, it's a problem at this point. This is like the era of like Manning and Rivers and Brady. Like, that's kind of behind it's us. It's, it's, totally, very, it's yeah. like Kirk Cousins is yep. like the only one on, you know, on the fantasy radar who's like a zero with their legs. Maybe Brock Purdy he runs a little bit. Like, yep. yeah, two uh, right now in, in the good games. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, um, yeah, but that limits him too. Like, it does. He just yeah. don't have that. Yep. He doesn't have that much of a ceiling. So but Drake right. can definitely scoot. Like, athletically, the upside is comp. Like, I, I just. I say Justin Herbert. I think it's like better than Joe Burrow. Like he's a legit athlete. There's no mm-hmm. two ways about that. All right. Good stuff. So they're probably early first rounders, probably the two quarterbacks. Going I think in the first, in the first right three now, picks. maybe yeah. someone sneaks in the first round. Yes. And I think if I were doing, um, yes, there are possibilities for other quarterbacks in the first round. We've got to see whether Shadur Sanders from Colorado, unlikely to declare whether he comes out. Okay. We have to see whether or not JJ McCarthy from Michigan declares. Mm-hmm. There's some momentum towards him declaring. There are others who are skeptical of it. Uh, he could return to Michigan, obviously a great program, going to compete for a national championship both this year and probably next as well. But okay. the fantasy wild card amongst quarterbacks is Jaden Daniels from LSU. No player has improved his stock more this season than the former Arizona State quarterback. And of the guys that we've talked about so far, this is the best dual threat. Yeah. Uh, right. If you watched him against Florida a few weeks ago, you saw him absolutely dazzle. This is the kind of guy that is just as likely to rush for 100 yards in a game as he is throw for 300 yards. They've got awesome receivers in LSU. Both Brian Thomas and especially Malik Neighbors will be very, very high draft picks. But that's not just because uh, of like, Jaden Daniels has helped 
boost those guys up. No doubt. He's been mm. unbelievable this season. He's not a super big guy. Like if you see him kind of has like an ordinary frame about him in the open field, though, no one's Lamar Jackson, but this was the closest to Lamar Jackson in terms of athletic ability amongst the quarterbacks this season. He's a super plus athlete and mm. definitely can scramble at the next level. He might have the clearest path if he is a starter right away to a fantasy floor because he could easily rush for 45, 50 yards mm-hmm. in any given game. Sounds like uh, that perspective sounds like Anthony Richardson yep. a little bit this year where it's like we're bumping him up in fantasy because yep. of what he can do uh, with his legs. He's All been right. a much more pristine thrower this year than Anthony Richardson is, uh, yeah. but he's not. I mean, he is not nearly the imposing athlete that Richardson uh-huh. is like Richardson has the chance to rush for 10 touchdowns every season. That's not going to be the case with Jaden Daniels because his are going to have to be sort of scrambles or like the occasional quarterback sneak for a touchdown. Whereas Richardson, every time they have the ball from the five yard line or in as a defense, you're wondering, is it going to be quarterback draw? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but he's awesome. Super talented player. All right. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Obviously, first round pick is huge in terms of quarterbacks that work out and don't some there yeah, are exceptions. Baby. There's Purdy, there's Brady, there's Hertz, there's guys like that. But generally, it's first round picks. It's huge. Pedigree matters Definitely a lot is. at that position. Uh, another uh, maybe a position where pedigree is not super important, but you generally want to be a day one or day two pick is wide receiver yeah. uh, field. We have a guy that stands above. And if we're talking about like in, even in super flex, like yeah, Caleb Williams is probably the first pick, but he might have competition from some guy named Marvin Harrison. Jr. He sure will. Yeah. Like if you're if you're already stocked uh, in a super flex league, then at quarterback, then you're gonna have an easy pick on your hands. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. If you recognize the name, it's because his uh, his dad his dad, of course, is a Pro Football Hall of Famer, Marvin Harrison Sr., the longtime Colt. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kid has uh, has lived up to the name. That much is for sure on the football field. He's six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. The comparison you're probably going to hear a lot during the pre-draft process is shades of AJ Green. Ooh. Guy is just unbelievably fluid, great route runner, catches everything that comes his way. I feel bad sometimes because I've watched a handful of corners that are going to be good players in the NFL, and I've watched their non-Marvin Harrison Jr. exposures when they're covering other wide receivers. I thought to myself, like, I can see it. Then they cover Marvin Harrison Jr., and you're like, uh-oh, this might be a problem, right? Because uh, this is going to be a top, a walking top 20 wide receiver the, t- the moment he steps into the NFL. And if you're like, wait, a walking top 20 wide receiver, that's it? We are in a ridiculous age Seriously. of wide receivers right yeah. now. Like just get through the first five, six, seven. I mean, like between AJ Brown and Tyree kill and Devonte Adams and uh, Stefan Diggs and Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson. And I'm sure I'm forgetting a handful of others right there. Like I didn't even think, and I got to six right there. Like you could easily get to 10, 12, 15 without blinking. Then you have guys that I was thinking, like I was thinking about like, where does Drake London stack up as a top what NFL wide receiver? In terms of ability, it's pretty high. In terms of production, it's pretty darn low. But Marvin Harrison Jr., absolute freak. The combination of size, speed, catches everything. He is going to be a strong bet to be a top three pick and probably a top three pick in fantasy leagues. I'm sorry, in super super flex leagues as well Mm -hmm. for fantasy purposes. Yeah. He's not alone, though. Yeah, with you. Probably top three, super flex, and then non-super flex, Probably going to be the number one, and we'll get to more on why that's the case here yeah. shortly. We'll get to another position, but you have a couple other wide receivers you want to mention. This here, is but. the deepest wide receiver class in a long time, it's which is awesome. unreal because we've had some deep ones as yeah. of late. And again, the position is very saturated in the it league right is, now. But some of those deep groups of wide receivers in recent classes, we didn't realize how good it was until after the fact. Like the 2019 class that produced in the second round alone, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, and AJ Brown. We didn't realize coming into that draft just how deep it was. We knew they were good. 
These guys have obviously become megastars. There's going to be stars drafted in rounds two and three in this year's draft at wide receiver. Keon Coleman, Roma Dunze, and Malik Neighbors are going to probably make for the most compelling race in the entire draft at a single position. Who is the second wide receiver off the board? Keon Coleman from Florida State. 24% of his catches this year have been have been touchdowns. 11 of 46. Goes up and gets the football as well as anybody. Has not dropped a single pass this season. Big body, but can really separate as well. He'll be a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Balik Neighbors from LSU. We talked about Jaden Daniels just a couple of minutes ago. The guy is just an absolute surgeon right now. The guy cannot be covered whatsoever. He can fly. Great route runner. I thought of... Shades of Stephon Diggs, just like a collider who's great in the open field, can absolutely crush against man coverage, find soft spots in zone all the time, could easily sop up 12 targets a game and be a star in the NFL. And then Roma Dunze, you probably have watched a lot of Washington this year if you like college football because they're always on. And Roma Dunze is kind of like does every single thing well. Bigger than Malik Neighbors, not quite as big as Keon Coleman, but great route runner, catches everything that comes his way, super savvy, instinctive, uh, has done everything correctly, big game production. Washington has kind of hit the skids a tiny bit, very relatively speaking, in terms of offensive output in recent games. And the one guy that just keeps finding the end zone, Roma Dunze. They're playing this game against Oregon State uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, absolutely ridiculous weather. I mean, it was like pouring rain, like inches at a time mm-hmm. for the entire game. And everybody else combined for like five catches. Roma Dunze had like 10 himself. Like the big game pedigree is excellent. I think all four of those guys in the real NFL draft will be top 15 picks. Unreal. And Which does not happen very often in the NFL. I'm sitting here like... I'm already nervous about ranking receivers this offseason. Like, oh my God. We're going to be like Chris Godwin, eh, wide receiver 41. I know. Like, it's just, it's it's absurd. Like, guys are going to go push down the board. I'm just curious to see what the running back position is going to look like in the future as the receiver position continues to get better in the league and running back continues to get worse. The teams just continue to get more creative with these guys in the backfield, like we've seen with like Jaden Reed Reed getting all these carries and Rondale Moore in the backfield. Like, teams are just going to have to get more creative. And that brings me to my next point, which is, you say wide receiver, one of the best classes in a long time. Running back, maybe one of the worst in a while. I mean, do we have a Bajon Robinson? Do we have no. a first-round running back here? What do we have? I'd be very surprised if we had a first-round pick this year at the running back spot. I don't know exactly where the first running back will go, but I'd be surprised if it was before pick like 40 or 45. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, more than maybe any in recent memory, because again, there's no clear-cut stud, it's going to be sort of like, what is your flavor preference amongst running backs? So Marshawn Lloyd from USC uh, began his college career at South Carolina was my number one mm-hmm. um, physical runner, like just has um, a certain tenacity about him that has really thrived in that USC offense. Very good in the passing game as well was my top running back after Jonathan Brooks from Texas tore his ACL like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if we found out that Brooks is totally fine and can be ready for training camp and all that, then you certainly would feel better about it. But I just don't think NFL teams are going to look past an ACL tear in the middle of November and just say, oh, no big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he might return to Texas. Like that's the kind of impact that NIL has on these athletes now because there's so much opportunity at the college level. Then you have a kid like Blake Corum from Michigan who's not big. He's like 5'9", 5'10", but so shifty, has 20-plus rushing touchdowns again this season. People are going to ask, and I think he's a really good prospect, but you know, play behind one of the best offensive lines in college football and a team that has just bludgeoned everybody this year because their opponents up until Penn State and Ohio State had been so, so weak in Michigan. Uh, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin 
is probably yeah, the, the most, one I want to hear about. Yeah, he's probably the most miscast player in college football this season. As we know, Wisconsin has lots of running backs. Six foot two, six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds. What? He's nineteen years old still. Was one of the youngest freshmen in college football when he came out, or when he when he got to Wisconsin. Absolutely crushed it from day one. This His is like Derrick Henry, AJ Dillon. Yes, like this guy's. Yep. This that's, that's the kind of physicality that we were talking about. Um, the problem is, yes, as many who watch college football know, Wisconsin forever was. I formation, Big Ten, smash mouth football. This year, under new head coach Luke Fickle, they have adopted an entirely new offensive approach, and it looks like the rest of college football. Shotgun, spread it out, make everybody else uh, have to defend as much horizontally as they do vertically, and that's impacted Braylon Allen. The tape has been uh, less obvious in terms of his dominance this year compared to last, even with good production. It's going to take a certain style of team to find Braylon Allen as an obvious starter. But if you're looking for a guy that can absolutely crush it between the tackles, Braylon Allen will be your, will be your guy. All right. I hate to do the school comp, but six foot two, 230, 245 pounds, Jonathan Taylor, power back. Mm. Probably, I mean, Taylor has been such a good player that it's hard yeah, yeah. to say that he's quite at that tier right now, but there's going to be some traces of Jonathan Taylor and the Braylon Allen evaluation. If you told me though, the highest drafted running back was like pick 45 or 50, I'd say that sounds about right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you just talked about some guys that could go in the fourth round of this draft, you know, oh, yeah. the second, third, totally. fourth round. So, uh, but again, more and more guys from that area of drafts are becoming fantasy relevant because there's not, as many top end guys. So well, the other, uh, the other uh, attractive part of being drafted later for fantasy purposes is that like James Cook, it's go, goes in the second round, but he goes to the bills. So, like that's a great offense, mm-hmm. right? Like it might be a good opportunity for him. Like if I'm trying to think of a team that's near the top right now, like I'm just making this up Cowboys. If they don't keep Tony Pollard this off season, if he leaves in free agency and then they draft Braylon Allen in the second round, you'd be like, Holy cow. Yeah. Like that right there is fantasy gold. Mm-hmm. But if he goes to a team that's like down in the dumps at the top of the third round, it's going to be hard because when you're down in the dumps offensively, it's hard to play power football because you're often playing from behind. Yeah, I think uh, we had an example of that this past year with Zach Charbonnet. Had yeah. he got, had like, since well, let's just say Cincinnati didn't, or they cut Joe Mixon and drafted Charbonnet when everyone was connecting that dot. Totally. Instead, he goes to Seattle, like the polar opposite. I mean, Charbonnet would have been like RB13 in our rankings. Instead, he was... RB 38 or something because he went to Seattle. So very landing spot dependent this year uh, for those running backs. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So it's quarterback receiver and running back. Yeah. Uh, Generally we could, you know, kind of pass on tight end because you know, whatever someone, they're not going to be relevant in the first year. It might be a good prospect like a Trey McBride for down the road. Takes a while for tight ends to come around. Not this year. No. We have a potential superstar, a guy that's probably, what do you think, top five pick in rookie drafts in Brock Bowers? I think so, because the position that he plays uh, from Georgia, of course, came back from tightrope ankle surgery recently. And the thing about Brock Bowers that you like is he catches literally everything. If you want to have some fun and you have access to it, either go YouTube Brock Bowers against Georgia. I'm sorry, against Auburn. Or if you have like a scouting service that you can watch games from, it's hilarious. There's like a back-to-back sequence where it's like one play, like reaches out like and extends his arm as far as he possibly can go and just like snatches it in. You're like, damn, that's like the best catch I've I've seen from a player in a long time. The next play, he has a better catch. And you're just like, oh my God, this guy is ridiculous. He's an insane route runner. So good after the catch. Um, the, the pre-draft process will be interesting to Brock Bowers. We'll see how fast he runs and we'll see how many teams are as adamant about drafting a rookie tight end 
early because we have seen guys like Kyle Pitts not exactly bear mm-hmm. as much fruit, whether that's a Kyle Pitts problem or as we talk about often on this podcast, the offense that he plays in problem is TBD. But uh, yeah, but I think Brock Bowers is, I would say, uh, top 15 to 16 pick at worst, if I had to guess. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I'm with you. It, it seems like first round tight ends take a while. Uh, even the high, pet, the, eventually yep. they come around, like even Evan Ingram and David Njoku and TJ sure. Hawkinson, like yep. you go on and on, Brandon Pettigrew. It just... It takes a little that's time. A flashback right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, but the, but those is. guys, first rounders, it's just like, yeah, not year one, not even year two. Then they start coming on. Like, that's why I'm not worried about Kyle Pitts. Yeah. He's so young. Brett Bauer is going to be a curious case, right? Is Can he do like what Kincaid's doing, who actually started slow, or Sam Laporta, yeah. make an impact right away? Is the position changing at tight end, or is it, is it going to be like it's been, and it might take him some time? Here's where he would thrive. The Jets, if their pick stays low, Ooh. because they need a lot of pass catchers right yeah, now, but if they use fit. like a top 11 pick on Brock Bowers, that right there oh, would be man. an absolute. You'd have number one, Scar Wilson, obviously. Bowers to two. You're probably going to add someone at receiver. Have it's yeah. not going to be Lazard. He's a healthy scratch last week. Brees Hall in the backfield. Rodgers under center. Yeah, uh, The 10 yeah, round be good. could be so, ahead for the New York Jets. All right, so let me ask you this. We got like a minute here. Uh, really quick. Not super flex. Yep. So we're just drafting rookie draft. Who's yep. your top five? Really quick. Just right now. You could change it later. Top five. Uh, ready. Number one, Marvin Harrison. Got it. Uh, number two would be uh, Keon I mean, Coleman. Yeah. That's number what I three, Malik Neighbors. Got it. Number four, Rodome Romadudze. Number five, Caleb Williams. Okay. Would Jaden so Daniels Bowers, maybe Bowers six? Bowers would be a little bit further down. Yeah. Who was your honorable mention? Uh, Jaden Daniels. It depends on where he goes. Because if he goes somewhere where he's an obvious starter, then Daniels is going to be really freaking effective right away. Okay. Gotcha. All right, yeah. cool. So, wait, did you say him over May? Yeah. Daniels over May? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, just, just for year one. Is this rookie draft or year one? Rookie draft. I'm rookie sorry, draft. Sorry, year one, year one, year one. Just, draft. So this yeah, just for the next year, one, year yes. these oh, are the guys like the Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, um, we'll, we'll do that. We're going to spend the whole offseason doing this. Uh, but I do love that you're doing uh, more draft stuff now. It's going to so be awesome. Why. My so, brain yeah. needs to be able to compartmentalize when I'm talking about these draft prospects. Like, cut it down the middle. Okay, here's what it means for the draft. Here's what it means for fantasy. Right now, it's so focused on just the draft side of it that it hasn't necessarily fully registered for fantasy purposes. Before we say goodbye, it's V Week at ESPN when we partner with the V Foundation to highlight the urgent need for cancer research. This is game-changing research that helps save lives. You can join the fight against cancer by visiting v.org slash donate. That's v.org slash donate. 100% of your donation goes directly to cancer research. It's one of the very best things that ESPN does. If you have anything to give, I can promise you that it is immensely appreciated for all those that have been impacted negatively by cancer. All right, Mike, great stuff, as always, from you. We are back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think we might have a special guest in the house. If you watch right. Fantasy Football Now, you know Should his I watch? name. I, I don't know that you'll want to watch, Mike, <laughs> but everybody else might. We'll come back Thursday Night Football Preview and the first half of our Week 13 Preview for Mike on Field. We'll talk to you guys then. I love that you're doing rookie stuff now because I usually do all that in the off season, but now like that's less work for I'm me. I can work off. I can of go on vacation, plate. yeah, and relax, and then that I'll just come awesome. in and you're gonna you're gonna teach me all the I rookie stuff. I'm calling Scott Clark right now. Do I have to do this? Yeah, you do. You're good at it. You crush it. Brain, yeah, brain.